you know, it starts with understanding about who you have. So what is your perfect customer and do you understand? Um, so as state of the nation to go, who are your best customers? Who are your repeat customers? Who are your most valuable customers? And now that you know who those are, look after them better than ever before. And how do you go and find more like those? That was Carmen Vislich, the founder of two globally successful businesses based in Auckland. Data Insights, which launched in 2012, analyzes companies' data to yield professionalized insights into consumer habits. And Velocity Global started a year later, 2013, and they have helped power over $1.5 trillion in lending decisions. This episode is packed full of amazing information and Carmen has been so generous with her her knowledge. We talk about how to empower your team to succeed, how to hire for your weakness, lessons for entrepreneurs, how to manage negative, infuriating emails, tips for businesses who are just starting out, and insights into what you could do if you're on the verge of considering whether to pull pin on your business or if you're motivated to keep pushing forward, keep going forward and trying to turn it around. Welcome to the New Zealand Small Business and Entrepreneur Festival podcast. Kia ora, how are you? Hi Craig, I'm great, thanks for having me. Very good, I like to crack straight into our podcasts because I know everyone is quite time poor. So, very first question I ask all of our guests is, your, what was your first ever job? And I'm talking whether or not your, that is your parents said you need to go and do the lawns and I'll give you some pocket money. And then if you could sort of roll into your first career job and then how you ended up becoming the CEO and founder of Velocity. Fabulous. Um, so first ever job is going way back when um, at the corner dairy, uh, $5 cash an hour, um, making ice cream scoops on a su- Sunday. So um, nothing very glamorous at all. Um, and actually, the second job was probably more interesting. My parents joined Amway um, yep. and I became a soap and vacuum cleaner salesperson extraordinaire, um, booking and showing Amway plans to my teachers. Um, but fast forward, um, and I guess before I started Velocity, I worked for a large global corporate corporate uh, for 10 years, had four babies while I was there, worked from home, loved what I did, but really saw a massive opportunity in the market. No one was using data or technology and doing what I wanted to be doing. Um, and so my amazing husband said, well, you've always wanted to, to do this, go and start off on your own. And so left a very well-paid corporate job um, to go and use data and technology to transform the world. Um, and lots of people did think I was crazy at the time. And so then you are the CEO and founder of of Velocity. Can you tell our audience what Velocity is, what you do there? Sure. Um, So in short, we power property decisioning. So every lender in the world has to validate the value of a a property, whether it's a home, a farm, a commercial property, before they can lend money on it. And we help them do that better and faster than ever before using data and technology and also connecting them to valuers where needed. The organisation has been around for seven years now. So could you tell our audience, like, what was the original plan? And how has it changed the seven years in? And then how far out do you plan? Have you got a 50-year plan, a five-year plan, or is it 90 days? Like with COVID, who knows? 
Yeah, so that's a really good question. Um, and actually, in between leaving that corporate job and starting Velocity, I actually started another company called Data Insight, um, where while I was building Velocity and getting access to property data and building the platform and automated valuation models, I needed to fund myself. And so Data Insight was founded really where we started working with corporates that had lots of data um, and no insight. So we started working mm. with the largest telco, utilities, um, banks, insurance, insurers, anyone that had data. So um, then we were building Velocity at the same time and I spun out Velocity. So today I have the two businesses and Data Insights continue to grow significantly and um, in, into a big business on its own. And Velocity, um, yeah, I guess, you know, where we started and where we ended up and where how far out we planned. From day one, I was building a world-class business. Um, you know, we never worked uh, from home, set up an office, got the proper accountants, got the proper lawyers. Uh, because we're working with banks and because I always have kind of the belief that if you're going to do something, go big or go home. So I was really talking to the team and really setting the culture from day one that while we were small and we didn't have many people and we didn't have customers or whatever we didn't have, we were always going to be big. And um, I always dreamt big. So world class was a word that we used in almost from day one. Um, and so I guess, you know, if having those ambitions really does fuel your growth and does set your paradigms of what success looks like. So um, yeah, as how far out we plan, it's changed as we've got bigger. To start with, um, you know, certainly even doing 12 months was very hard to plan. And I think agility and seizing opportunities in the market um, is really important. Um, as you get bigger, though, you don't want to be one of those um, Kiwi companies that wants to do everything and be a jack of all trades, but not good at mm. nothing. And if you think about Olympic athletes, for example, they're physical people, they could probably enter lots of different categories at the Olympics. Um, but no one goes, well, I'm going to do the 100 meter sprint and I'm going to do the shot put and I'm going to do the discus. <laughs> they choose one thing. And instead of getting three bronzes, they go for one gold and they work really hard at that thing. And that was the decision as we were going through to go, well, actually, we're going to focus on this one thing and say no to other things, which is really hard, but you can't be all things. And um, it was being the global best valuation platform was always our goal i really like that this just zone in on your niche stay in your lane and then have the empower yourself to say no to other opportunities that might dilute what you're actually trying to actually do which is uh, i'll take that on board because i've had a few things come my way in the last couple of weeks and going oh yeah i could do that and they're like mm, no it does it really fit within my business plan i don't actually think it does so when you say the <laughs> word <laughs> so when you say the word data what does that? Um, what sort of data are you capturing from these big corps that have got all this information from um, people? What sort of information is it? Um, when we say data, um, there's data in everything. So at Data Insight, it's um, large um, corporates that have got silos of data. So um, you might have a product with a customer and be their customer, but they don't link that through all their divisions to really give mm. you the best customer experience. So, you know, for example, I ordered a, a dresser for my kid online um, and, you know, they emptied out their current dresser. There was rubbish all over the floor. Um, and I kept following up to see where this dresser was. But meantime, 
they send me an email going, how's your dresser? Do you like it? Give us the feedback. Well, well it hasn't arrived um, and I'm trying to get a hold of somebody. And so I can tell they haven't linked their data to understand me as a customer or you know how annoying it is when you phone somebody mm. and you're their customer and they ask you all these questions that they should know. Um, so it's really about using customer to, um, information and data to have a better conversation. And if you think about the most valuable businesses in the world, Apple, Amazon, Google, Uber, um, Airbnb, the Netflix, they're all about data. They're all about actually you have a need and they use that data to deliver to that need when and how you want it. Um, so Uber uses geospatial data to know where I am when I push that thing on my phone and send me a car. Um, Amazon uses, um, well, you read this book, now do you want to buy this next book? Because people like you um, bought these. So that's all data and using data for the next best conversation. And so Data Insight helps businesses with this data to get a single customer view, to do data strategy, to do better customer experiences. And Velocity uses property data to put that data in the hands of lenders, brokers, valuers, consumers to make a better decision about a property is really specific to property. When you're talking about those data sets, let's call them, if I'm a small business and I'm looking at creating, let's say, a marketing campaign and I need some data to understand whether or not the people who I'm sending it to actually need this thing, is that where they could come to Data Insights and get the insights from, from data or, or are you a little bit bigger than that? Um, and um, yeah, they could. So, um, yeah, because, you know, if they're a big business or a small business, undoubtedly, there's always, you know, finite resources and finite budget, and you don't want to mm -hmm. waste that. So, um, you know, it starts with understanding about who you have. So what is your perfect customer? And um, do you understand? Um, so a state of the nation to go, who are your best customers? Who are your repeat customers? Who are your most valuable customers? And now that you know who those are, look after them better than ever before. And how do you go and find more like those um mm. and so where would they be and how do you partner with other businesses that have similar customers or where are they whether on social um whether at you know conferences whether on linkedin how do you then use those insights to refine your offer and attract them that's a great answer um i might so you've got uh, offices all over the globe so you've got you've got an auckland wellington sydney mumbai Singapore, and there's one other one, an office too. Delhi, Delhi, uh, Delhi, Delhi and yeah. Melbourne. Yeah. Delhi and, mm -hmm. and Melbourne as well. So seven. Seven, is that seven? Yeah. So I can, I, I couldn't even remember the seven, let alone trying to manage teams in seven, in seven different um, places around the world. So my next question is really going to be talking about management and leadership. So what characteristics do you think is the, are the most valuable for a business owner to develop in the leadership space? Um, that's a really good question. And I think it's really about, you know, how do you empower your people? Um, and I'm a big believer of hiring the best people um, and empowering them to be all that they can be. And that is, you know, making sure they're in the right role um, and that actually they have one uh, alignment about what's most important right now and where we're going. Um, and that's really important as a leader. So if you're a big business or a small business, I, I always do the analogy of the island. Um, and we're on a boat because it's a, a really simple one for me. But, you know, my team needs to know which island are we heading for. Everyone needs to know they're in the right position. And I need to be the captain telling them, actually, this is where we're going. 
Um, otherwise, the sales are flapping. You know, someone knocks someone else in the head with it, or um, or we're just not going to get there. We're going to go. Well, it's sunny today. Let's stop at this other island, or the wind blew us this way, and we're just going to actually not get to where we want to go in terms of our destination. So, as a leader, it's up to you to say this is what's most important. This is our goal. This is where we're going, and then make sure you have the right people and the right roles. Everybody knows what everybody's doing, um, and alignment on that. And I think that's the most important thing. It's especially when you start growing um, globally and you have people in different places. So what would be your top tip for a business owner now? So let's say they're, they're an entrepreneur and they're by themselves and they are looking at taking on three people. What would mm -hmm. be your one tip that you'd, you'd say to them? Like, you need, this is what you should think about. Hire for your weakness. So you're not going to be good at everything. And it doesn't mean you have to upskill where you're not naturally good. Why would you do that? You're just not going to be comfortable doing that. You're going to hate it. Um, so if you got the money to pay for somebody else to do something, give them something that you're not good at or that you don't want to be doing and do what you're good at. Um, don't try and be all things to all people because you need to have that self-awareness um, and that EQ. So, you know, if you don't know, ask your partner. They'll probably tell you, you know, you're a procrastinator. <laughs> you, you're, you know, I wish you did these things or how can I improve? But you, everybody is naturally left brain or right brained um, in the detail or in the big picture um, and if you think of Steve Jobs and um, you know, Wozniak they were so complimentary because Steve Jobs was the big picture ideas person and Wozniak came behind and he kind of executed and did it and you if mm. you've got two big ideas people and no one's executing no one's actually going to get it done so um, you know hire for your weakness is probably my top tip so a good idea there would be personally would be to maybe do a SWOT analysis about yourself and go, these are my strengths, these are my weaknesses, and, and yeah. these are my opportunities and these are my threats. So I think I this is what I need. This is the person who I yeah, need. Yeah, well, you know when you're in the zone, you know when your energy is really high because you're doing something you love and the hours just fly past you mm. and you're like, wow, you know, is it that time already? I just had the best day because your energy grows when you're doing something you enjoy and we, we talk about being in the zone with our team. Mm. Whereas when you're doing something that's not natural to you, like for me, you know, doing all the new budgets for the new financial year, <laughs> I just find that so draining. Um, the accountant can do that. I'll sign off on it and it's not my energy. I, I want to be in front of the whiteboard talking um, that's where I get my energy. So really um, being honest with yourself, um, what are you good at? Um, and hopefully having the self-awareness to recognize, um, you know, you might think you're the best marketer, but you're actually suck. Um, you know, <laughs> not working. Being honest with yourself, um, you know, mm. don't drink your own Kool-Aid and fool yourself. So I think, yeah, that self-awareness is really important. Can you talk about a time in your career that was the most challenging time and how you got through that obstacle that was in your way and what you learned from it? Sure. Um, it would be when we set up the business, actually. And what I underestimated is the lengths that a, a monopoly would go to to stop me from starting. Um, and so I was going to set up all this business, but actually ended up um, having to battle um, against, you know, some um, legal proceedings that meant I couldn't actually start, even though I had no team, no data, no clients, uh, no money. Um, I was the income earner of four children and decided to do a startup. 
a long story short, um, I was successful and, um, you know, had a public apology um, and a settlement. But for 10 months, I had all these moments to go, well, actually, should I just take a big high paying role, exec role um, and be a chief data officer? Or, you know, maybe this is so hard and I haven't even started yet. Maybe I shouldn't start. So that was the most challenging time. And I guess the lesson is that for entrepreneurships, you really need a fierceness and a tenacity and a self-belief um, because, you know, throughout that period, while it seemed crazy to battle just to start, um, I also had this self-righteousness to go, well, why shouldn't I be allowed to start my own business? Why shouldn't I be allowed to do this? And it just made me fiercer and probably more determined to make it successful because, um, you know, I had that unexpected um, 10 months of, um, of, of a court battle. Um, and so in the end, as I say, you know, justice prevailed, but for 10 months, it was certainly challenging, not knowing when it was going to end. Um, and, you know, that self-doubt is, the, um, you know, didn't exist because for some reason I had this incredible self-belief that I was, it was going to be worth it in the end. And it was. What would you say to someone who has that like, doesn't have the courage that you have and, and, and has the mindset that they, there's too many things, too many things that are going to stop me from doing it. What's one thing that you'd say to them that would say, you need to start thinking like this? Yeah, I think, you know, don't you don't want to be a could have, would have, should have. Um, everyone has lots of reasons why they didn't do something. And, you know, you don't want to look back um, at the end of your life and think, wow, I wish I did that. And, um, you know, so even if you do it and you fail, at least you tried. And there's never a perfect time. You can make any excuse you like. I mean, I was the income member of four children. Um, we didn't raise money to start this because I wouldn't have even known who to ask for money um, or why I was asking them for money when it was my idea and I wanted to start this business, even though now that's kind of the norm that the first thing an entrepreneur does is go and ask somebody they don't know to put their money in um so you know i guess it's really about saying just like when you have your first child there's never a perfect time you can always go oh we're waiting for the house or we're waiting for this career <laughs> thing or we're waiting for that there is never a perfect time and um i would say um, but make sure you're doing something that you love because it is going to be tough. There's going to be tough moments. There's going to be brick walls that you're going to have to bulldoze through undoubtedly. And so you've got to be up for it. Um, and, you know, whatever your time is will be your time. Or maybe you're just better, you know, working with somebody else who's kind of got the mortgage on the line and, um, and happy to get that blood, sweat and tears because it does take a lot of time. There's nothing for nothing too. So I think, you know, if you're all, if you're in, you have to be all in it's literally all consuming um and you'll think about it every second of every single day um whether you're at the beach making sandcastles with your kids whether you're cooking dinner um or whether you're at work you will think about it every single second if you love it um and it's your baby but if you're not all in um there's lots of other places to put your passion what have been the top three most valuable pieces of advice you've been given um, well, I think, you know, actually that, that the, the key thing is make sure who you take advice from, um, <laughs> because also some of the, um, the best advice I have is don't listen to all the advice. Cause as mm -hmm. I say, um, 
you know, starting a business is very similar to having a baby. Everyone's got an opinion on what you should and shouldn't do. Um, you know, you should breastfeed, you should bottle feed, you should have a dummy. No, you shouldn't. Um, all these things. Everyone mm-hmm. has an opinion on these things. But make sure who you're listening to is somebody that has actually walked in your shoes or that you respect that has gone before you. So I will take advice from, you know, I'm, I love that I'm lucky enough to bring up Rod Drury. He's built a global tech business um, and I would listen to his advice. Um, whereas, you know, if somebody else that might even be a, an investor or a VC, if they haven't done what I'm wanting to do, then why would I listen to them? Um, I might listen to their advice, but I might not actually follow it. So I think, um, you know, you've got to actually find that balance of listening to advice, but also going with your gut. And especially if you're doing something completely new that hasn't been done before. The other advice I would say is, um, you know, think about yourself and how do you keep on learning um, and actually focusing on being the right leader for your business and growing with the business. Because quite often the founder or the entrepreneur can also be the inhibitor to growth. So, you know, constantly asking yourself, am I the right person to be leading this business? Um, am I growing as fast as the business is growing? Um, you know, because you have to evolve yourself and you have to keep growing because what you did, what got you here won't get you here and being having that self-recognition as well. I just thought of another question <laughs> that I think you'd be answered this one really well. Let's say an email slide it slid into your um, inbox, you read it and it really did make you grumpy and you're like, I can't believe they just sent me that email from this person and someone who you maybe you respect. How do you deal with something that happens like that? Do you sit back and then let it marinate for a while? Or do you um, do you whack straight in? Look, if I go straight back in, I, I think about it 24 hours later and go, oh, damn, I went too hot. Yeah, I have to learn to sleep on it, actually. My instinct, <laughs> so I will reply right away, but I sleep on it. And um and and that's a habit I've had to learn um because I'm very fast and responsive um and and I make decisions really quickly and that's another important thing as a leader as a business owner you have to make decisions you don't always know where you're going you're the captain of the ship it's dark you have no map and you're going to some island in the dark but you have to be making those decisions and with COVID I think there were a lot of you know times you didn't know where you're going but you have to actually be the decision maker and procrastination is another thing that's just going to be the death of you um you don't have the luxury of procrastinations and you don't have the luxury of having all the data or the information to make decisions so um i think learning about your own decision style are you somebody that takes ages to make a decision in which case you need to make yourself go faster um or are you someone that's fast like me in which case you need to balance that out with some habits because it was a habit that i would type out i would be typing that email <laughs> right away really angry but i will sleep on it and not send it yeah. um, wake up in the morning and make it unemotive as well mm. um and try and shorten it and bullet point it and um and really make myself do that sometimes you wake up in the morning you don't change it much and you're like well okay but it was definitely a habit that i developed it's <laughs> good advice sleep on it people um because sometimes yeah, you're like you like you said if you're emotionally charged you might um, put something in there or just you might be some... like will smith and race up on stage and punch <laughs> someone in the face <laughs> <laughs> last couple of years for a lot of businesses have been really, really tricky. The hospitality sector, tourism, events specifically, um, really hard. Uh, other side, some, it's been really positive for other people as well. But let's just say we're, we're looking at the negative side where what would you say to someone now who's like got a business, they've been at it for years and they're at a, almost at a breaking point when they're going, well, this is the deciding time. We either just pack up and go and call it quits or we go in and then give it another crack. 
what would you what would you suggest that they do what would be one thing that you think that they should do I think you've got to work through your scenarios and um you know when we went into lockdown we had all our cities all around the world in lockdown at the same time um and you're in this unknown territory and I think it's really important to have a plan b a plan c a plan d and d might be the worst case scenario and you hope you're not going to get there but you do need to have a plan so working through the plan to say well okay because then once you've worked through the plan in your mind you kind of reach a, at peace with it well that what is the worst thing that can happen and it's okay because i've work through that in my mind uh, mm. and on paper because paper makes you rationalize your thought process so I would say they need to work through plan B plan C so if you have to get rid of um, a lot of staff or if you um, you know have to shut down certain things um, because when you're in a crisis and you know COVID was a, a black swan event it's a crisis it's a macroeconomic thing that nobody could have planned for um, what can you plan for and what do you know um and so you know you have to make different business decisions and you have to have a different strategy and it will, you know you actually can't think what you know what your plan was is going to continue so also can you pivot um or is there something that you can um, do that's completely different using where you are because that's a new opportunity um you know so you really have to have that creative thinking to go as if you're starting again so i think it's really having a plan b a plan c a plan D and getting to that worst case scenario of actually, you know, maybe that is the option. Um, and what does that look like? And how do I feel about that? Do you still want to keep fighting if, and if you, it means you're downsizing to a very small team and you're starting from ground zero? Um, so working through all those, I think is important and, and writing them down or whiteboarding them. Don't try and do it in your head. What would be your single most valuable piece of advice you'd give to someone who's starting a business today? Um, to, that um, to never stop starting. Um, that you know, actually, that uh, one of our values is better never stops, and it means that we keep on thinking: how do we do things better? How do we, you know, internally for our customers, um, for ourselves? Um, and that you know, just means that you have ongoing growth because you're never complacent, you're never arrogant, um, and you're not going to be disrupted if you have that never stop starting mentality. Um, yeah, hard to choose one. Well, you sound like you're a busy person. You've got four kids. You've got two global companies. You've got offices all around the world. So I can imagine that your your email inbox never stops because they're, we're all on different time zones. Jaina, um, who I've been working with from your team, is amazing, uh, FYI. But what what do, you, what do you do to rest? What do you consume? What's your escapism of life to go, Let's, uh, I need to just have a break. This is what I do. Do you podcast, Netflix? What do you do? Um, so I'm very lucky. We live um, in a lifestyle block in the country. So uh, we have horses and a bit of land. And I find that that just helps me recharge. So I drive home in traffic, but I always have conference calls to use the time. Mm. Um, in the morning, I listen to podcasts. So I love Blinkist because it summarizes books. Um, or I Blinkist? Like, um, did you say it's called blinkist and um so it basically summarizes books and you listen to them so um, oh, nice yeah so um i, I i'm i'm a, a big fan of that in the morning and on the way home i always have calls but i drive over a cattle stop into a valley and it's all green and mm. i just feel myself going Oh, and I'm home and I'm mummy. Um, I think it's really important um, to you know say what are you willing to compromise and what are you not, um, because 
what you know what is important to you and your values your values will guide you throughout your journey and i don't mean values of um you know i'm not going to lie or i'm always going to be honest i mean values about what is important to you and what are you willing to compromise and what are you not and so for me you know it's valuable for me to have dinner with my family every night and they wait for me and i try and block jana is amazing she blocks six till seven for dinner it's literally in my diary and it's unusual for me not to be there sometimes i'll have an event sometimes there'll be a, a late pitch with australia or india or a singaporean conference call or an, uh, you know something i'm doing but generally from six till seven um is family time um and then i also have a sauna so i'm a big fan of um of sauna so you know late at night um i'll have a sauna and i think healthy body healthy mind um so you know mixing it up with boxing and um the sauna it doesn't always work um sometimes you know there's just too much going on but then recognizing well i'm going to go hard this week and next week on the weekend i'm going to make sure i do um you know recharge recalibrate um and look after yourself so my my mom has this expression she says to me stop and smell the roses along the way um uh, because i'm so ambitious and driven <laughs> and i think that's a really important lesson to celebrate the successes as you go and um and recognize them but you know uh having four children it's making sure um that i am there for them because i'm not going to get that time back who do you think would be a good guest for this podcast some phenomenal um, New Zealand entrepreneurs. Um, you know, as I say, um, Rod Jury is amazing. Um, Peter Ulich uh, from Christopher and Banks is our investor, and he's amazing. He's done Diligent. He's done Push Bay. Cecilia and James Robinson, who've done My Food Bag, who are doing 10 now, um, both phenomenal. Um, so there are some really great New Zealand entrepreneurs um, that are just really big thinkers. Teresa Gatting, she's amazing and just doing so much and giving back. So um, there are some great ones. Um, it's not all um, necessarily, I guess, the, the the larger ones. There's also some smaller ones that just have a great attitude. So, um, yeah, Andy Hamilton, um, ex Ice House, he's a great connector um, of business. So um, another good one. Awesome. Carmen, thank you so much. I know you're very busy and I'm looking at the clock and I want to make sure that you do not miss your next meeting and you have time for a cup of coffee or a cup of tea or a juice or whatever you, you might like to have. But I do appreciate your time, Carmen. This has been really, really cool. There's a lot of cool um, snippets I'm going to be able to pull out of here and put on put on LinkedIn that business and, and business owners are going to get really valuable. So I do appreciate awesome. your time. Thanks thank for you. having me. Great. Well, good on you. Great podcast. Cheers. Yeah, thank you so much. Have a great day. You too. Bye. Thank you so much for tuning in to the New Zealand Small Business and Entrepreneur Podcast. Hey, did you know that we actually have a physical event as well? The 8th and 9th of November in Auckland in the Vodafone Event Centre is our actual festival where we have seven headline presentations, 24 workshops, and it's going to be a really cool small business and entrepreneur festival. Jump onto our website, ntedsmefestival.com for more information. Hey, we would really appreciate it if you shared this podcast with your friends or your colleagues or gave it a like or gave it a rating because every little bit helps and our information is really to try and help businesses around New Zealand and the world to be a little bit better. Thank you.